welcome to episode 175 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I am not, I repeat, I am not your host, Howard Kravitz. Well, let me explain. Welcome to our new Tuesday shows. We're very happy you joined us tonight. Uh, my wonderful co-host on uh, Thursday nights, that gentleman right there from Maryland, Mr. Pete Visco, along with also Paul Howard once in a while, and Kyle Roscoe, once in a while, will be our new host of our Tuesday night shows. I'm just going to be sitting back, chilling. In fact, I got a beverage already right here. Just going to be chilling. Mm. That's right. I'm just going to be kicking it back and watching my buddy <laughs> Pete Visco through the hosting uh, tonight. And sometimes, of course, Kyle and Paul will also be hosting. So without further ado, let me uh, present the host of episode 175. To take it away from Maryland, Pete Visco. What's out? What's up, Howard? What's up, everybody? Me, I only have a, I only have a water. I didn't want to be drunk, you know, for the for the first official Tuesday night hosting gig. So, I'll keep it clean tonight. And I'm sure Howard's drinking an, an old duels or something, so he's really faking it. But, you know, I can't we'll, exactly we'll say what brand this is. But do you remember? About two years ago, there was some virus that uh, came yeah. out that was. I, I'm pretty sure anybody who's ever had a beer can tell what what brand that is from behind. I, I don't think it's limes. a mystery. I got some limes over here. Just yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a mystery. So, all right. Well, thank you. So, I guess I'm the I'm the host for today. So, here's what we want to do, just like we always do, and Howard always says. And I actually have a little thing when when Paul and Kyle come on. I'm going to talk about why I think Howard is stepping back. But first of all, if you listen to this in podcast form, which I know I listen to a lot of mine in podcast form, please go. If you listen on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, any other, I like Overcast just for the heck of it, you know, rate, subscribe, review, do everything you can. Also, we've put together a really great website. It's hhhracingpodcast.com. Nothing too complicated. hhhracingpodcast.com has tons of information, um, especially about the race day blog, which Howard is going to sort of talk into about right now. And it's in, it's actually been on quite a bit of fire lately. So I'll let Howard talk about that. Yeah. Listen, it's over $2.50 ROI, Pete. Um, I've been touting it quite a bit. And I'm very proud of it. Um, you've contributed also as well as Paul on occasion, but it's usually um, I write it. And yeah, we've had some great scores. Uh, last We've had many pick fives too. Last week, we had an ABC pick five hit. We had a pick five hit the week before that. We've had many uh, nice scores. Uh, we absolutely crushed the Del Mar race we're going to talk about on turf with uh, Gold Phoenix. So uh, the Race Day blog is great. It comes out every Saturdays, uh, mo late mornings through your email. It's very inexpensive. And it, uh, it's only four bucks every Saturday. And you can easily make that up in just one race. So highly recommend people check that out. Look below the video player. There's information there. Also, the great website that Pete Visco has a lot to do with, uh, HHH Racing Podcast. Uh, they can find out how to sign up through Patreon. Thanks, yeah, and real, and, and real quick, if you if you're if you're a little reticent or you just want to get some more information, if you go to our website, there's a race day blog page, and on there there's an example of the blog itself and the past, I think, 15 or so. That's what they allow to put us on there. There's like 15 of those, and then there's the stats of the day as well. So you could actually get a feel for what kind of information is included before you sign up. So so definitely check that out. You know, um, I just want to say one more thing real quick and uh yeah, fire what, away. What you don't know, and Kyle and Paul don't know, is tonight, for the first time ever, I'm playing a drinking game on the podcast. If one of the uh, gentlemen that will be coming on, not you, it's one of the other two people, if they say something that they say quite a bit, I'll be having a drink. So oh I'm not going to say who or what, but you'll... You'll, I guarantee this person will say that particular phrase or words. Oh, see, I wish I we, I wish we knew, because then we would just get you hammered on this oh, no. thing, well, and you'd be passed out halfway you'll through. To, you'll have to pay attention to when I take a beverage. You know, I already know what mine are, so I know what my little phrases are. So All I right. know if you were doing those, I'd know how to make you drink. And one thing uh, we didn't not, mention at the beginning. Oh, go ahead. It'll, no, it'll be it'll be Paul or Kyle. I don't want to mention. Oh, <laughs> uh, Paul just sent one on text, so we'll see if that's one that uh -oh. actually counts. Um, one thing. We didn't mention if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We want to get as many subscribers as possible. We appreciate you watching, but we also want subscribers as well. Also, if you do subscribe, hit that little bell notification icon. If you hit that, you'll know every time we post a show because we know 
every Tuesday and Thursday, we're going to have a show, but we also have other shows as well. So you'll be in the know as to when they're coming. And then finally, smash that little like button that tells YouTube that you like the show, you enjoy us, and maybe not after Howard's drunken excursion tonight, but we'll see how we'll see how it goes. But so I think we're good. So I guess you want to bring on, why don't we bring on our, our co-hosts for the night and let's get this thing started. First, oh, there we go. We got them both quick. We got Paul Halloran from the Saratoga Special and the Crown. The, the prince of the formerly known as Arlington, which is my nickname for him, Kyle Roscoe. Welcome, gentlemen. Oh, I see Kyle's. Kyle's yeah. got beverage as well. Paul, Listen. got a beverage anywhere? I got nothing. <laughs> Me neither. We're, we're slacking, Paul. So I guess you two, we want to make sure that whatever you can think of that you say a lot, just keep saying it because we want. <laughs> yep, that's my plan. I want Howard to fall out of his seat by the end of this show tonight. And then second, here's what I want to do. My thought, I don't want to see if you guys agree with it. My thought about why Howard's giving up hosting duties on Tuesday. I'm thinking of him as like a diva wide receiver in the NFL. Who's like, I just want more. I'm not getting enough catches, even though we're winning, we're winning games. We're getting views We're you know, people are enjoying the pod. He's like, look, I need catches. I need more airtime. So he wants me to do all the administrative stuff so he could just sit back and blab about all his uh, horse racing opinions. What do you think, Kyle? You agree with that? <laughs> I, again, Howard's famous quote, no comment. <laughs> I know Paul will comment. I think he's like Alan Iverson. Practice? Practice. practice. <laughs> he's not doing Tuesday's practice for Thursday. Tuesday's practice. practice. I like it. Hey, Howard, real quick, before we get on to the to the races themselves, you want to talk about Thursday's show that, that you lined up for us? Yeah, it's on the bottom of the right, just actually on the scroll on the bottom there. Yep. Um, I'm really excited about Thursday's show. We've got we're gonna cover Kentucky Downs, which guys a lot of people have been asking about. It's very difficult. I, I've had a lot of so we need some help with it. And fantastic uh, uh, guest and excellent handicapper. She's really popular on Twitter as well. Uh, Sarah Dobwe, um, Al Dobwe, excuse me, from Horse Racing Nation will be here. Sarah is awesome. She does a lot of stuff with Ed DeRosa as well. A lot of people know Ed. But Sarah is excellent. Her opinions are fantastic, and we've got a little girl power. A little girl power. We got to bring on the show Thursday night. So from Horse Racing Nation, she does a lot of other uh, things as well. But Sarah Aldabwi will be with us on Thursday night. That's awesome. And 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 thanks for everybody who's in the, who's in the chat. I see Nick Feldman. He's he's ready to go. He's excited for this one. Be keen in there. So keep keep commenting. You know, fire away at us. Especially once we get to the races. If you have opinions, because there's some differing opinions on some of the things we're going to talk about, definitely fire away in the comments. So let's get into it. The first thing we want to talk about. So mostly what we're going to do on these Tuesday shows is mostly going to be a recap of the prior weekends. Most likely the big races, graded stakes, whatever, with the Breeders' Cup coming and Breeders' Cup winning your in type races, which is where we're going to focus tonight. But we're also going to cover some other topics, whether they're just anything that happened over the weekend, anything that's in the news. So one thing. So I, let me just set the stage quick. So I was at the movies with my son on, on Sunday. We were seeing Jaws and IMAX re-release. It was awesome, by the way, for anybody who gets a chance. It's only there this week. Stop laughing, Kyle. Um, I'm not old enough to have seen it in the theater. Paul probably. I'm sure Paul might have been, but I didn't see it in the theater. So it was awesome. So I get off the movies done and I look at my phone and I see this big text chain between the four of us going. And then I look on Twitter and I see Howard firing back a bunch of texts. I see Paul firing out some some tweets. And I'm like, what the hell are they even talking about? So apparently... There was a controversial disqualification in the Saratoga 10th on Sunday. So, Howard, I think, do you have the replay of, of that race for us? So maybe we'll go I through do. the replay. And, Howard, since you were, you know, you were very vocal about it, I'll let you go first, and then we'll, we'll see what Paul thinks, because I think you and Paul have differing opinions. And then I don't remember Kyle's stance, but we'll get to his as well. Um, Your Honor. Judge Visco and, yes, and members of the jury, I will prove without a shadow of a doubt, very conclusively with video and audio evidence, with expert opinion, that the number two succulent should have come down and it was the right decision. Your Honor, I have video and audio proof. May I begin, sir? 
Please do. Please do. Thank Present you your sure. evidence. Present your Thank evidence. You. Sir. And I'm sure uh, the people of Howard Kravitz will be extremely uh, convincing in their <laughs> arguments. So the first thing, like, let, let's go ahead and bring up the uh, replay. And I've got a few. Uh, I'm going to do this without sound at first. So hold on one second, please. So let's bring this up. So this is, of course, we're just going to show first, guys, this is the pan shot. This is the pan shot as it actually happened. This is Sunday race 10. Again, the the constituents, uh, as it were, are going to be the number two succulent, who actually right now is out here with Dylan Davis. Uh, the number three, La Victoria, which is the gray right here under Irad Ortiz, who may I say, Your Honor, never does anything wrong. So I cannot <laughs> right. believe, yeah. I cannot believe that people would even insinuate that he did anything wrong in this race. Irad is not on trial today, sir. <laughs> not fully. I'm sorry. <laughs> Strike that from the record. Excuse me. Not fully. And number four, Cape Cod Causeway with Trevor McCarthy. So first, let's go ahead and show uh, the race as it happened in full speed. And anyone can feel free to comment if they repeat. If you want to comment on anything, feel free, of course. Yeah, so you go ahead, Paul. Paul, were you watching this live, Paul? I was. And what did you think? Did you have any opinion as the race was going, or was it only after they showed sort of the stewards replay? No, it was actually after the race. Gary Stevens uh, on the Fox broadcast was the first to bring up the fact that they might take a look because in real time watching it live for the first time you, know, you really didn't see much and then gary stevens uh pretty soon after they went across the wire said they may be taking a a look at this yeah i mean from the from the initial view it doesn't look like anything happens but then you have to really look at the head-on i mean you can't see much here i mean you can maybe see a little bit if you're looking for it but if you're watching it live you're probably not going to notice much of anything i don't know about you Howard. are you watching this one live as well uh, yes, sir, because I had a pick five going. So, oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. I also want to say, Your Honor, for the record, because there was very heated debate on Twitter, as I'll just show that. Now, I do have I do have other things to show, uh, Your Honor. But Please do. Uh, I, I want to mention that I did have the two, three, and four in my pick five. So this was not prejudiced, sir. I, it didn't really matter. Well, if the forward one, that would have been best because of the price. But I didn't really care too much. I, I had a skin in the game, but it wouldn't have mattered to me who came down. Yeah. Now. Uh, you can't see much. Let's see the head on now. Okay. So everyone give me one moment. I'm actually going to take this off the screen. Um, and you can ask someone else a question while I set up the head on Pete. Yeah. Kyle, I don't know. Let's, let's talk Kyle real quick. Were you, did you have anything going on this race? Did you care one way or the other? Did you even pay attention to it or did it just sort of come up once you saw sort of the back and forth? Uh Oh, are you on mute? Oh, maybe. Yep. There you go. No, nope, like, now rookie, you're back. Rookie, now you're rookie. back, man. That's he had one sip of Miller Light and he <laughs> forgot everything he's doing. Okay. Yeah, it's the, it's the young person in me. But uh, <laughs> fire away. What were you saying? No, but I was just gonna say I didn't see it at all. I didn't have any skin. I was actually driving home from uh, middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, at that nice. point, as you guys saw on the podcast on Saturday. Uh, I didn't see. I didn't watch it until I saw Paul and Howard going back and forth <laughs> about it on Twitter, and I, I mean. Like I said, if, from my first reaction, I thought it was a little nitpicky, but I'm waiting to hear. Uh, well, waiting let's to hear, hear the evidence. Yes, yep, yes. Well, we evidence. don't want to prejudice okay. the jury just yet. Let's hear the evidence from Well, first, from, uh, first we have Howard. to see the evidence. So this is the head-on, again, and let me go full screen for everyone. Succulent is right here. This is the horse that eventually comes down. Here's the two. The four Cape Cod Causeway angled out fairly and is now clearly there's a hole there, right? We, we don't, uh, jurors, we would agree there was a hole there. Yes. So yes, now there's good. a hole. Keep keep it playing. Mm -hmm. Now there's yeah, a well, hole. Did, yeah. There's yeah, also there a, hole a hole when the gate opens. Excuse me, sir. This is my, <laughs> me, this is my time, sir. You'll have a chance <laughs> to be on the stand in just a moment. <laughs> just Paul. Kidding, Paul. Paul, just kidding, Paul. Don't let me All hold right, you Paul. in contempt, Paul. Yeah, Don't let exactly. me hold you in contempt. Who's, yeah. who's in control of this damn uh, courtroom? All right, anyway, so here's the hole, right? And here's Irad. So I'm just going to let it play full speed. And then, um, Pete, I actually have a slow, a better one more version I want to show that's a slow-mo. So I'm just going to let this run through. And you guys feel free. Well, let me talk first. So right here, okay, they're going straight. Watch Succulent, the two, in the orange cap come over. Clearly, he comes over and bumps the four. I don't even think that's even for debate. Right there. He definitely bumped him. There was contact. And you can see now the four is, like, turned a little bit sideways, right? 
Your Honor, you can see that. Yep, the, no, I agree. I'll okay. let you know when, in, when I in, disagree. In, into the butt of Irad right here, who is clearly keeping a straight path. Now, here's where the issues really become tricky, is people are saying that the three came in to the four and caused the issue. Irad keeps a straight path. The reason why... No, he doesn't. Well, no, he not doesn't. there. He, he, he was the reason, keeping a straight path. The reason, go ahead. the reason why that happened, in my opinion, Your Honor, and I have, like I said, I have witness expert testimony a moment, audio testimony. The reason why it looks like the three bowed the four is because the four's butt was hitting into the three, and the horse reacted. That wasn't Irad. Irad did not come out, in my opinion, and the opinion of others. Irad did not come out. The three reacted to being rubbed on by the four and therefore came out and made it look worse than it did. Now, hey, this is a family show, Howard. Watch with the rubbing and the butts, you know, take, keep it down a notch. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Is Jackson watching? Jackson no, just watch people. Hey, he might be. In the ocean. What are we worried about rubbing butts? Yeah, I think we're OK. <laughs> I think okay. we're good. <laughs> I'm going to show one more time just for people. to, And then we'll and then I'll show a little bit of a slow mo. So here it is one more time. And again, sorry, it's not, it'll, it'll start in a second. I, um, okay, so here it is again. I'll go full screen again here. And this is nothing happens here, obviously, yet. Here comes Cape Cod Causeway. And the problem is, again, I think you need to focus on the three. There's clearly contact. Irad is keeping a straight path. Right there, the butt of the four is forcing in the three to make it look like he's causing the, the action. That's my opinion. I'll just show one more, if I may. And then I have an audio that I want to show, if you guys don't mind here. Hold don't on. forget, this is a 60-minute show, so you know we don't this need to spend it all on, on your one. evidence They're here. Yeah, who cares about flight line? <laughs> yeah, we don't want to talk <laughs> about the greatest horse of all time. Yeah, we'll just worry about this. This. I just, I don't think the, the three is reacting to the four, you know, bothering him. In my opinion, so I, uh, Pete, whenever you're ready, I do have one more clip I want to show. That's an audio. Go ahead, clip. you you do your clip, and then I'm going to let Paul jump in and give his take because I right. know I his difference. Why, I don't understand why the young Kyle Rousko is laughing. I don't quite get it over there, but anyway, that's okay. Well, I'll let him keep laughing. I told you so, he had like three sips of beer, so he's just giddy right now. So right. we're gonna we're gonna see. I'm, so I'm just having fun listening to the evidence. <laughs> this is the last thing, and I'll shut up about it. Uh, I'm going to bring up, this is an audio. Everyone, at, you guys, everyone at home, ignore the video. Okay, this is a voiceover. This is Richard Migliori, highly respected, right? One of the best writers ever. In fact, Paul would even agree. Even Paul would agree. One of the best writers ever in the history of New York racing, or anywhere for that matter, and an excellent commentator. This is what Richard Migliori said yesterday when they were talking about the incident on Sunday. It's about a... 40-second clip. Again, everyone ignore the video. The video has nothing to do with it. Purely listen to the audio. I'll put the sound down. This is Richard Migliori talking about the DQ um, from Sunday. Here we go. Dylan Davis, uh, Richie, you agreed with the decision yesterday for Dylan Davis, who was disqualified on Succulent. Uh, why? He's the, the Dylan on succulent initiated the contact, uh, the horse in between with Trevor McCarthy, at Cape Cod, uh, Judy, was that, what's the name? Cape Cod Causeway. Yeah. Well, the, the horse sure. that uh, Trevor was on and it initiated, he initiated the contact coming in, leaning into her and in an effect, then she leaned into the inside horse, touched her hip and turned that horse out. So anybody who thought that Irad Ortiz on the horse that wound up getting elevated to first was coming out, he got forced out by getting hit in the hip and turning his shoulder out. So I think that, um, you know, they made the right call. As, as difficult a decision it was, um, and it's a shame because the best horse won, yeah. but she... I exclude that Your evidence. Honor, I exclude that evidence as, as prejudicial. Paul, Paul, what's your rebuttal? Let me see your rebuttal, Paul. My question would be, um, uh, and I love Mig, but uh, Mr. Migliori, uh, do you have any familiar relationships with the jockey who allegedly got aggrieved, the four? Uh, Is your son the jockey agent for Trevor McCarthy, who was on the four? Does that have anything to do with your opinion on this? Now, by the way, and and I think... Conspiracy not related. Well, it, it, it's very I'll, much I'll allow His it. son I'll, is the I'll jockey allow it. I'll now, allow it, Paul. I would, and, and again, I think Meg is a g- tremendous guy and a straight shooter, but shouldn't that have been mentioned at the time? 
and they you know they always mention family stuff and you know maggie and tom and acacia and miguel look mig knows more about this than i do obviously but my this is my number one bone of contention if it were two horses involved and you want to just simply put the four ahead of the two we can talk i hate 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 it when a horse who was never going to win the race the three gets put up that is screwing the betters the, you can argue the four was going to win the race the two did win the race in a million years the way that stretch was won the three was not winning that race yet we're going to reward those who bet the three and screw those who bet the two and take them down that's what i don't like i do agree with paul on that i yep. do agree with him on that. the betters are ne- no one in that steward stand ever says okay how does this affect the big picture? And I'll tell you another thing I don't like, and I believe this with sports too. If you can't make a decision in three minutes, five maybe max, we got no change. That was up for about what, Howard, 10, 12 minutes for a, a for yeah, a, a good, allowance race at Aqueduct on on yeah. I mean at Saratoga. You know, now you want to say, well, the Kentucky Derby was up for thirty two minutes at maximum security. All That's right, it's the a Derby. Kentucky Derby. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But I, I on a, on the, if you can't adjudicate the tenth race at Saratoga in five minutes or three minutes, we got no change. I will say one other thing that Paul said on Twitter, which I think was absolutely hundred percent correct, and I'd love to hear Kyle's opinion. Paul mentioned this, and it's absolutely true. Harness Racing tried to do this for a little bit and stopped. Harness Racing, a few tracks, actually had the stewards come on camera and talk through their decision. A few tracks did that, including. Maywood uh, Park, not too far from me. Horse racing should do that. They should make these. They should make these guys go on air, or at least put out a statement yeah, immediately, ex- explaining immediately. To the, explaining to the public what they're seeing, because people who are uneducated on on the different classifications don't have any freaking clue of what the, the stewards are even looking at at all. And Paul is exactly right. They need to be more transparent with why they're DQing because. <laughs> All these better just feel like they're getting. How are we doing in this country? There are tracks. Uh, the announcer will walk you through the replay. I want okay? to hear from the stewards, Paul. Now the steward. Well, and and you know what they do in the Middle East? I think either Europe. I think I've seen it in Dubai. The stewards, the the jockeys, instead of getting on the phone, they parade them right up to the stewards' room immediately. And there's a camera in there. There is a camera yes, in I've the seen room. That. I've seen okay. That. Yeah, yeah. So. And the steward stand at Saratoga sits right over the finish. It's not hard to get to. Everyone knows where it is. It's right right adjacent to the turf terrace. Okay. So that's a – I'm glad you brought that up, Howard. Above all, right or wrong, that guy who bet the two and, – and I'm like you, Howard. I did not have the four. I did have the two and three. And, you know, there was no – there was not thousands of dollars at stake in this particular photo like there was in the aforementioned – Kentucky Derby photo for yours truly, not the right way. Um, but, you know, let's give that guy at least an explanation. He's still not going to like it, but this is what we saw. This is why we did it. And the last thing on it, I wish there was some context on, hey, folks, how's it look if we put up Irad Ortiz in a 50-50 or 60-40 call here when we let him get away with goddamn murder throughout the year. And I love Irad. He's great to deal with. He's, he's He won five races at Colonial Downs today, by the way. But he really? Wow. Five really? races, including the Oaks and the Both Derby. Stakes, yeah. Okay. But really, we're going to give him – now, do you think if Irad was on the four and Dylan Davis was – if it was the other way around, do you think Dylan Davis gets put up over Irad? I think not. Well, I, I say we move on because we don't want to waste yes. too much time on this. But I tend to—I actually didn't think the bump was even as bad, though. I didn't—I've seen worse bumps not get taken down. So I wasn't a hundred percent sure the bump even warranted a takedown. But again, I had no skin in the game at all. It is what it is. I think the stewards—you know—we always want the stewards to be more transparent. There doesn't look like they're going to be anytime soon. So I think we're just going to keep having these disagreements and arguments, unfortunately. And it sucks for the game because there's no consistency. And I think that's all we would really want is consistency. We don't get to hear from Kyle on the issue? 
Kyle, what do you think? Go ahead. I mean, I mean, I put it at the beginning, but I he um, said it. Yeah, he said his. That piece. it did look a little nitpicky at, uh, just for my first just, reaction. I'm, so, I'm waiting to hear a phrase. I still don't hear it. Go ahead. Whatever. <laughs> no, I I get it, but um, could should I just make Howard drink? Because I think Paul's 100 yeah. percent correct. Ah, uh-huh, there we go. Just keep. There saying. we go. All right, there let's go. Is. There it is. Um, I'm gonna buy like Howard. I said, I thought it was just nitpicky, but um, but going through what Howard's talking about, I, I mean, it could swing either way, but I do agree that the transparency issue is something that really could be addressed and could be brought up in this game because, like Howard said, it's always about the people that kind of don't know what they're doing. Like, I mean, like baseball, like um, with baseball replays, you know, you kind of understand what they're looking at, but the like new people going to the track at horse racing. Th- they don't know. They well, like the, obviously the, they see the, the experienced people don't don't yeah, seem well, to know what the rules are enough yeah. to know what constant. I mean, you see the argument back. I mean, Paul and Howard are you know two lifelong mm-hmm. horse racing people, and they see it differently. So right. again, the rules. I know it's a gray area, but the rules don't really help you in that way. So mm-hmm. let's move on. So we're going to get away from this because th- you know we want to get to the positives of horse racing for once. So now we're going to go to and Howard, you can cue this up, and we'll, we'll go through the video first and and we're going to look at the Del Mar 10th the Pacific Classic we all know who won it was a Breeders Cup Breeders Cup Classic winning your in race flight line one of the most impressive performances probably any of us have seen in horse racing so we're going to look at it here I mean <laughs> just looking at the just looking at the chart Kyle let's go to you first what was your what was your thought of flight line as you were watching the race and maybe the trip that he got, and we're going to walk through, why don't you walk us through once the, once they sort of go. So what was your initial thought as sort of the, they come out of the gate and then what did you think at that point? I mean, like I said on Saturday, just, I mean, being into the game, really into the game for seven years, this was, this was the most electronic performance I've ever seen. And like I said, I've only been in the I game, obviously, 100%. six or seven years. But this is the most electrifying performance I've ever seen in horse racing. Obviously, yeah. I wasn't around for the Belmont at Secretariat. I wasn't alone for any of that. But just unbelievable. I was sitting there watching, I mean, with me, who's you know really into the game. And then I had my girlfriend sitting next to me, the dragging her along, watching this race. And she, she just got into it, and she started dating me. So, But nice. she looked at this. I, she couldn't believe she looked at me and with her mouth, her mouth was gaping open. It was one of the, it was so, it was one of the coolest things that I'd have ever seen. And That's going awesome. through the race here, I mean, going, looking at the inside, Flavian just looks to his left, sees to his left and just says, just bids him a good afternoon. It's, when, it's when, not even a, let me, let me ask a question. Like Howard, why don't you tackle this one quick? When you saw flight line sort of break on the outside and he had to work, you know, maybe work a little harder than you would maybe expect for him to get the lead. Did you have any, any thoughts at that point? So before we get to this, where at this point, you know, the race is over. Did you have any thoughts about his trip at the early stages or did you just think, Hey, he can get over whenever he wants. I mean, 97%. I mean, I, I thought that I thought, uh, you know, I thought he was going to actually, I actually thought the six was going to be pushing him early. Paul and I talked about this on our live show, which by the way, ladies and gentlemen, has over 3000 views. I don't know if people have noticed, but thank you very much for your support of our live show. Uh, we, we had a lot of fun with Paul and myself on Saturday. Um, we thought the six would push. I was a little surprised, but it, he wasn't really keen. You know what I mean? Like he just took over the no. lead just naturally. That That's the scary thing about this horse is he's, learning how to rate and he just you know i don't listen when you have a speed horse pete you go we talk yeah about you this. go yeah why, why keep wrangling the horse perhaps like i have a ton of horse i'll just go ahead so right here i mean i didn't think he was gonna lose but we just don't see too often horses open up like this and keep that kind of lead so when i said on the show to paul and he was absolutely correct when i said country grammar has no excuses from here and paul Ackery said he's up by eight i felt foolish but Usually when you see this horse have a kind of lead, uh, Pete, you see a horse like back up a little bit. This horse increases his lead. I mean, yeah, I guess the only thought would be, though, generally when you see one of these horses who does this and gets up by that big lead, they're not the best horse in the race. Usually it's usually a horse that's trying to just steal it. And this one, you didn't think he was stealing it. You thought he was just sort of doing what he does. Paul, what were your thoughts when he sort of started stretching out? And at this point. Was it just like, oh, my God, look at this horse. He's a monster. Because you, you, you've you had some skeptic skepticism about how they've campaigned him, not necessarily the horse. What were your thoughts during the race and then immediately after? 
Yeah, I, I thought he was getting a great trip from the get-go. You know, I mean, it was, just, it was a short field, and, you know, Pratt obviously was just going to keep him in the clear the whole way, and I think being outside, you know, makes that even easier to do. And, you know, once he once he went by, I was just watching Country Grammar because I was looking for Country Grammar to pull an upset, and, you know, once he accelerated on the turn, you know, it, it was clearly over. Then it became a matter of how much now I yeah. certainly wasn't expecting 19 and a half. And, <laughs> and, and as Howard and I were talking on the live show, one fifty nine and one, uh, I think uh, about a, what a 10th of a, mm-hmm. a, a 10th of a second off the, the track record. The one thing I'm, I'm no one's people have talked about the candy ride Pacific classic. I, and, and this was more dominant. However, I think more recently, uh, and and it came up this year because she went into the Hall of Fame, the Beholder Pacific Classic, when she basically did this against the boys back in 2015. Uh, this reminded me of that. Of course, this was that on steroids. But, uh, yeah, that, that far turn move and, you know, Pratt was looking around. <laughs> I think yeah. he looked under his legs at one point. And, uh, hey, look, it, it's and, – and one of the reasons – it upsets me he hasn't raced more is the average person who doesn't follow racing. And again, this is no disrespect. People think I'm picking on rich strike. I'm not, but the average person who doesn't follow racing knows who rich strike is and doesn't know who flight line is. Yeah. I'm, not ass- I'm, uh, I'm just going to say, I'm not assuming that this led sports center in any ways, or even was on the right. bottom of the ticker, like the and, Derby or the triple crown races or it, even the, right, Pete. Oh yeah. This, Nick, and if Nick, he wins Nick, the classic, you know, the classic gets on, you know, that'll that get some on. publicity. Yes. But, but, and then, you know, what it's going to be, uh, it and was his he, last race. And then he's gone. Yeah. So that's no good. Yeah. I was actually, I thought that was you, Nick, where he said, um, the beholder race and the flight line race and sort of watch them together. And it was just sort of fun. I wonder if someone has that or if they can, if you can do that or if someone can do that on YouTube, maybe drop it in the, drop it in the chat. So everybody can sort of take a look at them going head to head. But yeah, I mean, it was great. It was, it was a great performance. Command performance. Go ahead. Uh, Flight line beats beholder by six. Oh, sure. But it still could have been fun just watching. I mean, just because hers was a recent, unexpected super move um, blow away sort of Pacific classic. So I guess from that perspective, it it sort of parallels in that way. So I want to go to a quick topic on Twitter, which can be quite hyperbolic at times. There was a lot of talk about the goat conversation with flight line after that race. So Howard, I'm going to start with you. What are your thoughts? Not necessarily that whether he's the goat or not. I mean, it's really hard to compare those things, but what's your initial thought anyway, in trying to make those comparisons? Look, I love flight line. Flight line is unbelievable. Complete freak. I have nothing negative. I, I love this horse. Best of all time, please. Everyone calm the F down. If you want to be best of all time, it can't be just the clock, right? It can't, for me, it can't be just the clock. It can't be buyers. And I brought up what I feel is a very um, cogent argument on Twitter. If the big, uh, yourself, Pete, you're one of them, so I'll let you, you should comment on this. All the big Zenyatta lovers, and I love Zenyatta too, but people think Zenyatta is like one of the best of all time. Zenyatta did not run crazy fast buyers and also in general ran against what i believe is semi-mediocre competition for about two-thirds of her races so i think you have to combine speed figures with who they're facing and with what they've accomplished if flyline wins the breeders cup and runs off the charts i'm prepared to say he's in the maybe one of the top five horses in the history of our game to say it right now to me it's just not fair because he hasn't accomplished enough. It's not that he's not fast enough. I mean, obviously he's fast enough, but you have to accomplish more for me to be considered the GOAT. That's just my opinion, guys. Yeah, I think Does I, anyone know? Uh, ahead, this Paul. is a good question for Kyle because he may have looked it up. Or not. Kyle, if, if you looked it up or you happen to know, hats off to you. But if you didn't, make an educated guess on how many times Secretariat ran in his two- and three-year-old years combined. I don't know that question. Um, I'm pretend I didn't see that. I actually didn't see it. Uh, four, 
Five? Can I, can I guess? 21. Oh, you I did run that? I okay. was going to say about yeah. 16. That was, was a guess. 21. Now, again, Howard, you do make, unlike your point on the disqualification, you do make a cogent point on Twitter every once in a while. Um, but no, and again, that is not a knock on the horse. And, and, and it maybe even not a knock on the connections, but you know, if you go and I just reread it recently, so just if you reread the Secretariat book, and 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 I'm looking forward to be. I, I invite you all. We should all have a show reunion, Howard, at the 50th anniversary of Secretariat next June at Belmont Park. I'll be there, Howard. And you know, know any place we could eat the night before, Howard? <laughs> I've got some. I got some ideas. Um, so you know, again, it it. Pete, you're right. It's a, but the clock is, you know, the the clock is a certainly a mitigating factor, and you know this horse ran a sub two minute mile and a quarter. We don't, you know, we don't see that a lot, including on the first Saturday in May. So, hey, look, he, he's a he's a generational talent. You know, Ghost Zappa had a 126. I think no one seems to talk about him too much, but. He won the Breeders' Cup Classic. I believe he did, Howard, put up a 126 one, along the 128, way. 128, Paul. 128. So, yeah. you know, again, the the tendency is, you know, we're a nation of instant gratification. So whatever we saw today has to be the best of all time. And, I, and I'm getting tired of the term GOAT, and I'm a New England guy. I'm a, I think if, if people started using it more commonly with Tom Brady, who is, by the way. But, uh, you know, let's just enjoy the show. Costa Hironis, God love him, is talking about running the horse at age five next year. I think Wayne's End has something to say about that. I don't <laughs> think it happens. How it seems like he's a little skeptical on that, right? Uh, uh, you know, it's interesting, Howard, and, and all you guys. They, I, uh, Jane Lyon bred the horse. Okay, the horse sold. The horse sold for a million dollars. Did you see what happened with the other, mm-hmm. the half brother? Yeah, she kept him. She had a horse by Curlin, my beloved Curlin, Howard. I was hoping you might be going to bid on him for me at this upcoming sale. Okay. Now that she I ha- have to have a beverage for. Oh, That's yeah. a big beverage. That's a lot of beverages. Well, listen. <laughs> what the- I, Paul? Paul, I did. I bi- I did text uh, yesterday. I texted Matt Cutter of Adelphi Racing yep. Club, and I said, "Listen, I think I've got about seventy million of, of pocket change in my car that we can maybe, you know, call Terry Finley of West Point and see what we can do." What? I don't know. Maybe. We'll By see. the way, what? So the horse is a half, you know, out of feathered. Uh, the same. Uh, the horse Curlin, a by Curlin out of feathered, was entered in the Keeneland sales, which starts yeah. next week. And she pulled him, obviously, <laughs> thinking she got a good deal with him. And she, by the way, kept a piece of flight line. God love her. Uh, but what would that horse have sold for coming off of this performance? I think it would have been a $10 million horse at that sale. Oh, I can see that. Oh, you know, I can't bring up. You can't link back. Yeah. Actually, I have oh, one more. That- Right. Let me, I mean, unless anybody has any other thoughts on flight yeah. line, I think we're all, I think everybody yeah, thinks he's amazing. And I think we're going to see now let's wait till the breeders cup. We had the pool, you know, he ended the pool as a pretty big, as a pretty big favorite, which especially because of the fact that it's a, you know, it's a, it's a lose your bet if it doesn't run kind of bet. So, you know, you never get super, super low. I think he's, where do you go? Four low. to five? Yeah. Pete? I think so, right? Yeah, yeah. And, so and I crazy. think he'll go off odds on. I think he will be oh, under 100%. one to one in the Breeders' Cup class. Can I? Can I say something, guys? I yeah, know someone. I know someone who has made a very, very large bet on Life Is Good in the Breeders' Cup Classic Future Pool. Would they get Howard? Eight to one. Eight to one, right? I think you said that. I got. I got ten to With, one. And there's oh, you, did, know, honestly, you yeah. did, Kyle. Nice. Honestly, part of that thinking is maybe flight line won't end up going i mean just because it's flight line. so there, there's some of that obviously yep. in, in that wagering thought. yeah of course of course one one quick thing howard we want, i don't know if you want to bring up the chart i mean we, we want to move to the next race but yep, any ahead. other thoughts on the rest of the horses now or is it sort of moot like country grammar going into the the breeders cup classic potentially or whatever he does in between do we care? Do we, you know, is it even is it even a thought now of who cares? Are we just running for second here and seeing who we can put underneath flight line when we get there? What do you think, Paul? 
No, I, I think it's about the horses who haven't run against him. So I, I think you're looking at Epicenter, uh, Olympiad, you know, again, not to say they're going to beat him, but Country Grandma won the Dubai Gold World Cup and just lost by 25 lengths, uh, 20 yeah. lengths. So I don't think anyone anyone out in California is part of the discussion at all. I think it's going to be about uh, life is good, Epicenter, and Olympiad. And did anyone catch Bill Mott's? Quote, by the way, and Bill Mott's a pretty, you know, pretty straightforward guy, doesn't say a whole lot. You know, they, uh, uh, I think it was Tim Wilkin, the great Tim Wilkin, formerly of the Albany Times Union, now of the Blood Horse, covers Saratoga, probably better than anyone, to be honest with you. Uh, and Tim uh, went around Sunday morning and talked to a few of the trainers at Saratoga. Hey, what do you think about having to face this monster in the, uh, uh, Breeders' Cup uh, Classic, and Bill Mott's quote was it was kind of cute. He said, uh, "Well, as far as I know, there's usually more than one horse that runs in that race." So, <laughs> That's about right. Uh, hey, now, that, the check's pretty good for second too. It's, <laughs> what's take, it? Six, six, yeah. six? Is it a six million dollar race? I think. Yeah, I'll t- I'll take that. That's actually a good segue in. The next one we'll we'll sort of queue up since we'll stick with the Breeders' Cup Classic theme, the Saratoga Eleventh, the Jockey Club Gold Cup. The aforementioned Olympiad, who who good looks, performance. you know, he was a good performance. I mean, let's talk about it. Not related first to Flightline, then we'll just talk about if it if it means he has any shot or if it's again is he just running for second. But um, I know Howard. I know going in. I think you always sort of still had hopes for American Revolution. I know Paul. You were riding Olympiad based on last week's show. Um, yes. Your comments at the end. So I don't know. Do you want to? T- let's let you talk first since you were sort of on Olympiad. What did you think about the performance? Did you think it was impressive, or did you just think he beat maybe not the greatest field in the world? It came down to what do you think? Well, again, we don't want to get into comparison, but it was a it was good a field as Flightline beat. Now he didn't beat it by twenty five lengths, but this was a good field. Uh, first captain's a real horse. Uh, uh, American Revolution uh, might not be quite as good as Howard and I were hoping for him to be, but it's still a very good horse. And you know, and on. In his day, Tax was a pretty good horse. His day has passed. But, no, I thought this was, as I said on the show the other last week, if you draw a line through the Whitney and it was the hottest day of the year there, I was there, it was absolutely oppressive. If you could just say maybe the horse just didn't want to run in a 102-degree heat index, then he's won, I think it's what I say, seven in a row or six out of seven or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is a much more workmanlike performance. You know, Junior Alvarado here is getting into him. American Revolution's making, getting Howard's hopes up just a little here. Uh, but yeah, this was, if, if Flightline hadn't run that night, people would be talking about this as a performance that stamps him as a Breeders' Cup Classic win contender. Yeah, at I least think. a contender. Kyle, what are your, what are your thought of, thoughts about that race? I, I think Paul hit it right on the head. I think, you know, um, the field is about what? <laughs> More Kyle, less Howard. <laughs> no, I think Howard's mad that he, I'm not saying 100% the words. There. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted 100%. The say, I'm not saying the words. But um, I just, like I said, I agree with the field thing. I think that Olympia would be just as good as a field as Flightline did. Granted, again, not by the same length, but it is what it is. I love that Olympia got back to his winning ways. And he's 100% a win candidate <laughs> as long as, like I said, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the pace develops. Like I said, we saw that flight line can rate a little bit, obviously the Pacific Classic. But I still think Olympiad has the ability to take a step forward off of this race again and be a contender along with Life is Good as w- with flight line yeah. in that race. Howard, so I think, you, oh, sorry, Kyle. No, you're good. Gonna, I was just going to say. bring so up think, the buyer, too, maybe while Kyle's talking. Because, Kyle, you think he can – I mean, he'll need to take a – what do he get, about a 105 here, right? Yeah, So he's topped off at, like, 111. Where do you think he would need – You'd need he'd need a step forward even off that 111 buyer top most likely, right? You think so? Yeah, I would, I would 100% say. I think the winner – Granted, obviously, you know, no one's going to reach the flight line ma- monster run of 126, I think is yeah. what he got. But I think, you know, it's 114, 115 is going to be in that realm. And I think, like I said, it's all going to come down to the trip, I think, of who gets the best trip out of Olympiad, Life is Good, and Flightline. Because I think they're all really good contenders to win that race. Yeah, no, I agree. 
Howard, do you have anything else out of the, the horses, either Olympiad or any of the horses behind them for, for maybe the classic or even some of the races in between? But I mean, we really like to start talking about Breeders' Cup at, at this point, I think. Well, just let me just comment on American Revolution. Guys, maybe I'm being stubborn. That's not the trip he wants. This is a horse that wants to be further back and make a bigger run. Uh, maybe he's not as good. I actually like first captain's effort quite a bit. In fact, maybe even more than American Revolution. Here's my thought for the Breeders' Cup Classic two months out. I'll take the 20 seconds, Pete. Yeah. If someone's going to beat Flightline to me, it's going to be a deep closer, like a keen ice kind of situation, because you have to figure, this is assuming life is good as in the race, right? I don't see like a horse close up to what I think will be a very fast pace winning. I think if something bizarre happens in that race and, and, and Flightline doesn't win, it's going to be like a deep closer. Like, I mean, pick whoever, like a first captain or even maybe American Revolution or uh, like even Epicenter, who I love, like I I don't he's never seen a pace like he's he was going to see in the Breeders' Cup. That that's the problem. So to me, if something bizarre happens in the Breeders' Cup, it's going to be with a deep closer. That's just my initial. Uh, no, I agree, and I think sometimes we see when you see a hot pace too. It's usually by maybe lesser horses. It's usually not the top horse. The, yeah. the top two horses in the race are generally not the ones setting some suicidal pace, like on like like the Derby maybe, where I think if life is good in Flightline, I think one of them, Flightline could maybe just sit off and then sort of attack them on the turn or attack them even before the turn, sort of like he did. And, and then we see if they hook up. And if for some reason they can't, you know, life is good. We already have questions and um, about his distance limitations. So I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, it's a long ways away. Hopefully everyone makes it. I mean, I think that's what we all want at this point. We want flight line. We want life is good. We want Olympiad. We want Epicenter. And I think those four would make it one of the more marquee Breeders' Cup classics we've had in a while, I think. One of the best. Um, that I've ever seen for sure. All right, let's move on. We don't, we don't have a ton of time left. We probably don't need to talk too much about these next two. The next one, the Saratoga 10th, Howard, the flower bowl won by Virginia joy. This is a breeder's cup, Philly and mayor turf winning. You're in. <laughs> what do we laugh? At you? You know, we, we know why Paul, I, I, I'm going to let, I'm going to let Who's Paul gonna take like this one. Entire... Paul, you want, you want this one? Well, yeah. You know, again, Great well, let's wait, wait, wait can... for the real quick for the for the viewers. I assume everyone watched the race, but let's look at the chart real quick and then we'll get into your your thoughts, uh, Paul. So basically, no. <laughs> so we have a huge favorite warlike goddess. Click on warlike goddess, Pete, so we see her. Beauties. Yeah, go ahead, Howard. Click on those, please. Okay. All right, Paul. Now go ahead. What were your well, what are your my, thoughts? My point about? is this. Joel Rosario is a great jockey. Okay. He did not give Epicenter a great ride in the Preakness. He did not give Wildlife Goddess a good ride in this race. He, re he rode this race overconfidently with a real horse. This is not, Pete, one of those horses we're talking about Wait, who's just a cheap motion? horse. Is this the slow motion replay? Oh, no, this <laughs> is the actual replay. My bad. Right. But now, again, look at this, Howard, what would you say? The six right now is six lengths off of the three, okay? Now, it's easy on Tuesday night, but it, he's not making up six lengths. This is a Gee. good horse, Virginia Joy. <laughs> this is a real racehorse, okay? Who who's, has won these kind – who has won races right. on the front end. and that's end. my point. Yes, yes. Warlike Goddess is coming off, I think, the, was it the grade two Glens Falls last race, this, I believe? Look at these, look at these sectionals, Paul. Look at the first quarter by Warlike Goddess. Twenty-seven. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Uh, we've seen yeah. harness horses. Go I was going to say that's that's that's, that's that's not a joke. No, no, true. no. Right, and that? but that's my point, Howard. In the Glens Falls, which is the race before, you could see Rosario never asked the horse at all. Didn't have to, but he wasn't. Every race is different, and because he did it that easily in the Glens Falls, doesn't mean he's going to do it that easily in this race you know and, can and I, again paul, can i interrupt you second paul real quick if you don't mind yeah i think his absolutely biggest, i think his biggest mistake is right here and people are going to say what are you talking about paul why the f in the world would you go to the inside with this horse at any particular time this horse could win four wide all the way around the track he put himself in a difficult situation paul because he decided to save ground i don't know why he would feel the need to save ground. But once he's in this position, Paul, in my opinion, 
now he's got like nowhere to go. So even if he wants to move early, he's right here. What is he doing? You don't do this on a one well, five shot. Again, there's a there's a theory, you know the theory on three turn races, right? You save ground on I the know. first two. But Howard, I'm gonna tell you why I think he stayed in on the you're okay. referring to the far turn, because he was so far behind that I don't think he thought he could lose much more ground. Well that's Oh uh, no, he is I, on the outside. He's on the outside here. But No, he's he's in the he's on the rail, Paul. He's the four. Yeah. He's the four, Paul. He's the oh, four, yeah, not correct. the six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's okay. the point people I, people are going to look at this and say, well, Paul, what are you talking about? He's only three lengths behind. He's three lengths behind a horse who just went 119 and two for three quarters. Okay? They canter faster than that on the Oklahoma training track in the morning. All right? So it's not that it's, – it's how far behind you are but into what you're trying to close. And look at the hands – I think this is Irad on the three. Mm, yep. Just look at him now. He's going to start to ask him. He's sitting on a, a a ton of horse. The five is a hopeless long shot. He's no threat. And now Walleye Goddess at this point is five lengths behind with an eighth of a mile to go. He's not catching him. Okay, he's going to almost catch him, but he's not catching him. Okay, this was a bad ride by a very by a not a very good by a great rider. Okay. And, you know, you're not going to get away with that with Chad Brown having, you know, uh, all-star jockeys and multiple horses in the race. So that, that's what I, I think Walleye Goddess got a questionable ride in the Breeders' Cup. I think she was put onto the lead a little too soon. Uh, I think I'm thinking of the right horse, right? That was by Leperu. Wasn't it? Didn't mm -hmm. in the, Correct. Didn't in the, uh, she hit the lead and then ironically got caught by Irad, the horse she was trying to catch this thing. Look, the, the horse is very bettable. The next time, uh, Rosario, I'll say this for Rosario, Howard. I, I spoke to Christoph Clement the day before the Sword Dancer, 6.15 a.m. I reported for duty bright and early to watch Pete's friend Gufo train. <laughs> and Christoph, and actually, and I quoted him in my preview saying this, Joel needs to help me. Because he said he was just too far behind in the United Nations. He needs to have him closer. What did Joel do in the Sword Dancer? He had him six lengths behind, not 17 lengths behind. He can't, this horse cannot be that far behind. It's, it's a very similar situation to Gufo, in my opinion. Yep. Kyle, we're, real quick, we'll, we'll, we'll get a couple more points on this. So there was talk, and I think Nick mentioned it in the in the comments as well, there was talk about trying to decide with Warlike Goddess whether she should go in the Breeders' Cup turf or in the Breeders' Cup filly and mare turf. I see Howard shaking his head. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, I think they the idea was she would like as much distance as possible, so let's put her potentially in the turf. Any thoughts? I'll, and then we'll get to Howard next on that quickly. I mean... I get the, I do get the argument that she does want more distance, but I, I, I mean, I don't know why is she going to the turf. I mean, it's just, I see Howard, I see him in the corner. It's a hundred percent loss. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I just don't see the reason why you have a hundred percent win percentage, basically in the Philly and Mare turf at this point. But I get like oh, I, like I don't the, agree with that. Well, I know, God. but I'm just you don't I'm know just, who's coming just, over. I, right. I think I think right. he was just doing that for Howard. Yeah, to take I was. It. I was just doing that for Howard. <laughs> there, but, there might be uh, there might be some uh, a long but, line at the gates right. at the European airports well, to get right. over for these turf races. But barring any yeah. European, I mean, she's the best American horse right now for the Philly and Mare turf, in my opinion. And I mean, great. Again, barring any Euros that come over here, I mean, she's the best chance that America has to win this race. And I think she's so much better suited for the Philly and Mare turf. Granted, I get it, the distance, but I I just don't see the reason to put her in the turf. Howard, uh, oh, five eighths. It's five. It's five eighths of a mile less distance at Keeneland. Yeah, that's a lot of less distance for this horse. Howard, do you have any quick thoughts on that before we move saying on? Saying that we're like Goddess is the best American female turf horse is like saying I'm the best old fat guy to win the old fat guy marathon. Uh, Warlike Goddess, to me, um, would be a complete bet against in the Philly Mare Turf, too. Well, um, I, who has she faced this year at all? I mean, it, she's faced nobody. I mean, I, I like Warlike Goddess in general. Any decent Euro Mare is going is to win. Um, it's part of the reason. Now, she did run well last year. I'll give her that. I'm not sure she's as good 
as she was last year, and she should definitely, definitely not even consider going to the turf against the boys. Are you kidding me? I mean, I, any good year. And actually, if you if you look at like God is it in terms of the distance, Pete, real quick, it's a mile and three sixteenths versus a mile and three eighths. Like Paul said, it's a big difference. Like so a mile and a half. It's a mile and a half. It's five eighths of a mile. It's a Warlock Goddess can run fine going a mile and three sixteenths. How about someone putting her in the game a little bit? She's got a great closing yeah. kick. I think Warlock Goddess will go to the Philly Turf and run a great fourth. And right yeah. now, it's, if, if I'm looking at if I'm looking at odds checker, she's about fourteen to one right now. So it's not like that's about right. That's about right because there's right. a we have to see and who the comes top over, obviously the top obviously five are over. the top five odds wise are are basically European. So we'll see if they come over, <laughs> and then there's some others. But let's. The last thing on that race, actually, do we think Virginia Joy anything or she just was the beneficiary of just a crawling pace and a bad ride by by Rosario? We all agree on that. No, uh, not nothing major yeah. where like I'm not looking at she's her a, as like, nice hey, horse, I'm going to definitely not... bet her next time out. But yes, agree. Yeah, Howard, she's a ahead. nice horse who will run in the whatever the prep at, at Bel at. Aqu- Belmont at Aqueduct Meet or whatever it's called. Oh, maybe Keeneland. She may go to. Yeah, she uh, might go to yeah. Keeneland. I don't. I don't know if they have a long. I don't think they have a. I have to look at. I don't think they have like a three-turn Breeders' Cup prep for the Phillies and Mares. I think they only have the mile. But anyway, she's a nice horse. But I mean, yeah. if we're talking Breeders' Cup, Pete, I mean, forget it. No, I agree. I, agree I just Man- wanted to. Derby I didn't Man- want a short changer. A- yeah. No, I agree. All right, let's hit the last Breeders' Cup. We're running out of time here. Let's hit the last Breeders' Cup turp. Winning you're in, this one, the Del Mar 11th, the Del Mar Handicap. And this is a horse that, yeah, I know we we liked on the show, Howard, myself, you, um, Brady, I think, correct? I think the, the three of us liked on the show, Gold Phoenix. So we'll hit this one. We'll hit this one quick. Um, I don't know. Howard, what are your thoughts? Did you... What were your thoughts on the race overall? Did you just think it was, hey, there was it was sort of a this was one of those fields. It was a little light, maybe. I mean, it was good horses, yeah. but it wasn't anything, you know, it's not anybody that jumps out. And I think Gold Phoenix was one that had some upside. And I think that's why we sort of liked it, liked them. So is that I, where you sort of landed even after the race? You hit the nail on the head. I mean, the West Coast distance horses have not been good for a long time, ever since actually um United is probably the best. Yeah, um, long distance turf. He was a nice horse. He actually Very almost good. won the damn Breeders' Cup. So, other than United, I can't think of a real nice West Coast-based distance turf horse we've had in a long time. This was a fairly weak field, but it seemed right for the picking. Everything just worked out. This ride by Pratt, which we'll just show right now. I mean, I'll let other people talk because that's the whole point of me not being the host. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to talk too much. But, I mean, I thought he was a little bit further back than I expected. But the timing, he's on the two here. I'll, and again, I'll let someone speak. The timing and the split was just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I agree. Kyle, were you? did you have interest in this race, or were you just sort of watching it after the fact? No, this is a watch after the fact for me as well, but um, just because they, they, I got kicked out in the, in the earlier legs. But, um, yeah, I mean, just it's another just masterful ride by Pratt, closing into a pretty, pretty darn slow pace as well. Granted, yeah. not as slow, but... Again, just tips her outside, tips him outside, and just yeah, just blows by everybody basically without a step. So I'm it's not just sure about the blow by. He won well, by, uh, he won I, by an inch, but I understand what you're saying. Blows yeah. by, yeah, yeah. But I but I, I think Masterpiece ran ran the race that you would expect. Came from off the pace, ran a nice yeah, race. Well, and, and, yeah, right, Paul. What do you think? Yeah, he was my. Of? You know, I liked the two as well. The nine was actually my top pick, and you know, he he looked, I he looked like he could be a winner, but. To talk about the pace versus the race we just watched, the three-quarter, the six for a long time in that race was five and a half seconds faster That's than crazy. the race at Sarah. Let me repeat that. The six for a long time was five and a half seconds faster. And it, that was not a fast pace. That was 113 and change. That was For the West Coast, it was especially not a mm-hmm. fast pace. Um, but, but this is why, and, and we had the big A on and we love the big A and the big A looks great, by the way, he's lost a ton of weight. Um, he, ever. he looks terrific, but I don't know what it is. Him and Andy have been going back and forth. He's, he's got something in his craw about Pratt and he could not be more wrong. And if you brought him on right now, I would tell him Richie Migliori, your character witness, Howard, 
will tell you that of all the jockeys at Saratoga, which clearly is the best jockey colony in the country right now, oh, as of yesterday, uh, other other folks might do individual things better, i.e. Rosario in a turf sprint perhaps. No one is more complete than Flavian Pratt. And we're talking turf, dirt, short, long, you name it. And there were right he had four yesterday on closing day at Saratoga. He he just has rides. You know, hey, look, he makes mistakes like everyone else, but he he just his timing is impeccable. The timing that Rosario shows routinely in turf sprints, Pratt shows in all races. And and I look at I've gotten over my dislike of Rosario. I think he's great. I, I he's a great guy too, by the way. But Pratt right now, the old if you had a race to for your life, I am naming him and 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 I'm talking Irad's great, Jose. Right now, Pratt, I think, is elite, as I've said on Twitter several times. All right. I think so. I think that's the last race we're gonna cover. Real quick, Howard, any final thoughts from the closing weekend at Saratoga or just in general? Anything you wanna you wanna throw in, flight line, anything? I, I tweeted this out, sort of a little bit of an oddball, well not oddball statement, just sort of out of left field. Can we give some a shout out to Hector Berrios at Delmar? I mean, this guy. Point, I would huh? bet. I yeah. would bet this guy, if the, my life depended on it, a Gulfstream for the last few years. Credit. I don't know what's happened. It's not like he's getting like premier mounts or his like first call for anyone. Shout out to Hector Berrios, who's winning on the turf quite a bit, and if he brings some of that uh, ability and form and some decent mounts to Gulfstream coming up here in the winter meet. He's going to be a, a jock I'm going to use on like for as a price shot. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to Hector Berrios, who I don't know how many wins or where he fits. And there's still one more week, of course, left at Del Mar, which is weird, but they changed the schedule. Uh, shout out to Hector Berrios for a fantastic meet at Del, at Del Mar. Great call. He's bringing home prices too. So if yeah. you, if you're still any, it's, it had the market hasn't corrected with him yet. So I think you no. could still get him and, and make some prices. Kyle, any final thoughts on the, the Saratoga closing, anything else, any of the races we talked about? No, I mean, I'm just kind of sad. I mean, obviously everyone else is sad as Saratoga closing, but I've actually been very blessed to have the best month of my life <laughs> betting for Saratoga. So um, cheers, cheers to that to Howard. You. Yeah. Ab- so. Kyle, absolutely. I mean, congratulations man, for all of us really, we couldn't be more happy for it. We we know this show has helped, of course, your handicapping. And yes. Listen, not because of me, because these <laughs> other great minds over, over this direction, uh, this direction. Uh, but no, seriously, Kyle, congrats on your month. It's it's a great feeling to yeah. to win money buying the ponies. That's for sure. Yeah, let's not well, let's not end it because Saratoga's ending. Let's keep well, it going. No, right. That's the <laughs> let's problem. Let's keep that going. But you know, like I said, I'm very blessed to you know for that to happen this past month. And like I said, looking forward to the future races and hopefully we can keep it going. Cool. Paul, any last thoughts on Saratoga? I know you wanted to mention sort of the handle and a couple quick Just notes. Just a couple of notes very quickly. And, you know, again, I'm uh, I'm not being a cheerleader for Saratoga, but the handle, they broke the all-time record handle by 8%, uh, $878 on Travis Day. Uh, daily average handle just a smidgen under $22 million. Paid attendance over a million. That's That includes season passes. Um you know, it, it's amazing that the popularity just goes and goes. And Kyle, I'll tell you where I'm coming from, Kyle. I had betting-wise the most frustrating Saratoga meet I've ever had. I think my handicapping was good, not great, but good. I had, I am telling you, a minimum of 24 out of fives. You know, Howard knows I'm a serial player. And Howard, I'm talking ABC, Caveman, Hybrid. <laughs> You name it. Uh, I've been there, buddy. Been there, been there. Culminating, Howard, culminating on Friday of closing weekend. I don't know if you followed. I'm not sure you were educating the youth of America. But I I get the 20-to-1 shot, Mark Cassie in the sequence, and I can't beat the 2-to-1 Finger Lake shipper, who I went only went two deep in the race instead of three, and the thing comes back 42-50. So, but what I'm I'm not trying to – what I'm getting at, Kyle, is I am deeply saddened to see Saratoga yeah. closing. Okay, after a meet like that where I couldn't do anything right, I, I, I just, yeah. you know, I'm almost glad I'm not, the, you know, I wasn't there. You know, I, I go the weekend before, as you know, for the Travis. And, you know, to walk out 
you know, I walk out on Sunday after the Travis and I'm like, oh, we got another week to bet Saratoga. I don't know about walking out on closing day. It, it's just such a magical, magical place. It, you know, I had the, and I'll shut up in a second, but to be there for Johnny V's 1000th and to, to watch the Robbie Davis, uh, the Valleluia win, and then on New York Day to see the Clear Star people win the New York Stakes race and celebrate like it was the Kentucky Derby. It, it just—it's a place like no other place. That's By awesome. the way, shout yeah, out to thank you to Johnny I, Paul, and welcome yeah. Uh, yeah. Frank Mermati next year. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, and again, real quick before we sign off. If you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Let us know. Let us know that you like the podcast and that you you know you want to be a part of it going forward. We really appreciate all the commenters today. Um, we love the participation. It's only good because of you guys mostly. So for myself, Pete Visco, the new Tuesday host, or at least part-time Tuesday host, along with along with the former, a little bit tipsy host, Howard Kravitz, <laughs> the prince of the prince of formerly known as Arlington, Kyle Roscoe, and Paul Halloran from the Saratoga special, crying his last time just because Saratoga's ending. Thanks. Right. Thanks again. This is the HHH Racing Podcast. We'll see you on Thursday.